You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank, and I am NCBA's Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Colin Woodall, Senior Vice President of Government Affairs for NCBA. Colin, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, Ed. All right. Well, we have some actual legit breaking news in D.C., not some of the fake news, some of the not some of the hype news that you see a lot of times. This is actually legitimate breaking news in D.C. today. Colin, what is the big story for the ag community in D.C. today? Breaking news and a huge, huge victory for the cattle industry, and that is the announcement from USDA that the secretary has made the decision to withdraw the GIPSA rule. And for those who have been members of NCBA or who have listened on industry issues for years now, you will know that we have been working on this since the 2008 Farm Bill. So to finally have this nightmare behind us is good for cattle producers and consumers across the country. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. People have probably heard of GIPSA. Um, Some folks, I'm sure, are very familiar with it, but what exactly was proposed by USDA and why exactly would it have been so bad for beef producers? The GIPSA rule was USDA's opportunity to get right in the middle of cattle marketing. In essence, it would tell cattle producers how they could or could not market their cattle. And they did so by trying to define what is fair. Now, there's a lot of discussions that we have in the cattle business, and even among ourselves sometimes we don't always agree on what's fair or unfair when it comes to cattle marketing. But we can all agree that the last group we want defining fairness is the U.S. government, regardless of administration. So to be able to take them out of that ability to define fair and to allow us to market cattle the way we want to is the reason why getting rid of this rule is so important to all of us, because it allows us to go back and focus on the value-added marketing programs that our industry has spent so many years trying to build. All right. So now this is a done deal, right? That we've had some regulatory rollbacks so far this year on things like waters in the U.S. that are still sort of out there and, you know, being reversed but aren't officially dead. But this is, I think the official bureaucratic term is deader than a doornail. Is that correct? When you look at the history of this issue, as I said, going back to the 2008 Farm Bill, there have been a lot of starts and stops. There have been efforts to slow it down and delay it by defunding any action on it through the appropriations process. There have been legislative attempts to try to stall it. There have been phone calls from Congress to a couple of different secretaries of agriculture in in trying to stop this. But this is the final phase of this rulemaking and the decision made by Secretary Purdue to withdraw this rule is the final kill shot. So it is deader than the doornail. And we're very appreciative that Secretary Purdue understood the impact it was going to have on our marketing opportunities. And we just can't thank him enough for making this decision to protect our ability to market cattle how we want to, where we want to, and under the circumstances that make us the most money possible. Well, that's great news uh, for everybody in the beef industry, and I've been in D.C. a long time, as you have as well, and uh, rarely is there a definitive victory. I mean, we celebrate sometimes over moving the ball three yards down the field, but to actually get it in the end zone and actually win a game for a a change um, is a very big deal. And I know in your statement that we released earlier, uh, you said it's it's definitely cause to celebrate with a top-quality steak. So while I've got you here, I know that you're one of the the top steak experts in, in the U.S., if not the world. Um, and so when people come to D.C., I'm sure that they always ask you, you know, what's the best steak in D.C.? Where, do you, where would you go and celebrate um, here in D.C. or in your home state of Texas as well? 
Well, I'll tell you what, Ed, the best steak in Washington, D.C. is at my house, but not everybody has the opportunity to come visit me. So uh, if you come to Washington, D.C., we have been blessed to have a lot of great steakhouses, but you got to go and have the ribeye at Bobby Vans because it's definitely one of the best here in Washington and one of the best in the country. I do come from Texas. We make some great steak down there as well. And, boy, I tell you, it is hard to identify one of the best steakhouses around, but I sure have a, uh, a hankering for a Bohannon's ribeye every once in a while as well down in San Antonio. So always a good place to go find a good steak. All right. Very good. Thanks for that. And you heard it here first. Colin invites you over to his house for a cookout the next time you're in the D.C. area. Colin, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ed. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef and check us out online at beefusa.org and on Twitter at at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.